What's up, everybody? It's Thursday, a beautiful, gloomy Thursday, and you are listening to Air Go Radio. I am Damon. And I'm Daniel. As always, we're bringing you every Thursday here on WHPK strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. It's a good day. Oh, it's a good one. The, the sun is not shining even a little bit, but. But metaphorically. Ooh, the strong young voices sun. are our shining. Sun is so bright. Absolutely. Right now. For those who don't know and we're not in tune with Ergo Radio, first of all, wake up. Second of all, uh, today is a, a good day because we dropped a mixtape. If you've been following us at all, you know every week we have amazing people, and many, if not all of them, are also amazing artists, and they perform for us because they're our friends and they like us. So we took all those performances together and made a mixtape that is like no other mixtape that I know of. Poems, freestyles, songs, live on-air performances, on-air go performances, if you will. Will you? Yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. I will for, for right now. And they are all compiled in one place. Uh, you can cop it on our SoundCloud. It also premiered over at Blavity. The good folks over there were the first ones to drop it this morning. So we're super excited about that. It's all in prep of our first live show, We Go, a Chicago celebration <laughs> and showcase. Your tag oh, it's hey, getting rough. Long story short, we kicking it this Saturday at the Silver Woo! Room. Come mess with us, 730. It's for the free. Hella raw people are going to be in there performing. There's going to be a lot of raw things happening. My mama going to be there serving drinks. Come rock with us. But we are excited more because than just having a good week here at Ergo Radio. We are excited because we have the beautiful, most talented, mystical Via Rosa in the building. That was what we heard up top with the intro. What's up, Via? Howdy, partner. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's nice to be here. This place is awesome. You, uh, I saw your eyes kind of light up when you walked in looking at all those records. For those of you who haven't been up in the HPK studios, you walk in and in the library, it's just floor to ceiling records. records. And what did you, uh, what did you compare it's, it to? It's like Beauty and the Beast and Harry Potter, but like music though. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I just felt like a little kid. Yeah, Disney mashup of sorts. Right. I like that. And the ladder goes all the way around the room. <laughs> like what the fuck? I just want to like, there should be a ride where someone just like pushes you around the room. We can do it shit. after. We can do it after. We can do it either do it like a song break or a water climb. Web exclusive check our vine that doesn't exist. It'll be up there. <laughs> right. But, but let's like Take a step back. How are you doing today? How has like the world been treating you? You've been treating it this day, mm. this week. How you feeling? It feels pretty good. I had a long talk with my brother, Michael Anthony, this morning, and just shout out was, them people. Yeah, them people. You know, my brothers, um, love them to death. You know, we we're just coming up with some good ideas and um, just discussing, you know, the future and what's going on right now. For what's those the future before we about what's the future? <laughs> Hello, music. And, you know, taking over the world. Yeah, I like that. For those who aren't on to them people, why don't you uh, give a little rundown of the amazing folks and what y'all do? 
Uh, them people is a production team, and it is a collective of L. Boog, Michael Anthony, Shondo, and The Mind, and um, myself, of course. Um, but the like the rundown and the three guys who are like the producers of everything is definitely Boog, Mike, and Sean, and they just kind of hold it down, and they do they do it all like. So, so give us a little of the back. How'd you link up with them? How long you been rocking with with, with the squad? Um, I met them over MySpace actually a long Whoa. time ago. <laughs> They're internet friends. Yeah, <laughs> we were internet friends, and oh, well, it all happened actually because my good friend. I was living in uh, Berkeley at the time, and I made friends with this girl Alex, and she came to Chicago for school. She ended up meeting them, and then she came back and visited me for the summer, and I produced a whole album for her because I was making beats back then. So yeah, mm. <laughs> for those who don't know, oh, yeah. I was Kanye too. You know, so <laughs> you I was were making... making five beats a day for three summers, correct? <laughs> yeah, right. So so I was making beats. And she brought the mixtape back to Chicago and they were like, yo, this is hot, but who made the beats? And she was like, my friend Via. And so they hit me up on MySpace and they were just like, yo, what's good? Like, we fuck with your music. We want to work with you. And I was like, all right. So we just kind of kept in contact and we were just friends over the internet. And then in 2009, I think that was when was, I started talking to them to like 2008, maybe 2007. And then 2009, I came to visit them and I started cooking for them and we just became friends. So we'll get to that moment of first face-to-face meeting, but I'm, <laughs> I like this idea of internet friends. I want to dig a little <laughs> deeper. Um, was that like a thing for you? Like, were you one of those kids? Because that's, I mean, I think it's been true of other people we've had on this show too. Like you had like your real life crew and then you had like the internet crew. Yeah, it's actually funny uh, because when I moved to Berkeley, I made friends with Keith Jenkins from the Wolfpack. So like, you know, got my Vans on, but they look like so So, yeah, those are my homies. And, you know, I used to hang out with them and whatnot. And then someone told me about a group from New York called The Pack. And so there was kind of this beef because I love New York music. And so they were cold. And I was like, yo, y'all both cold. Like you could both be my friends. And they got really- friends with both packs? Yeah, I was friends with both packs. And like I had a shirt that said the real pack but then I would like from New York and then I would hang out with the wolf pack in Berkeley and people were kind of like what the fuck are you doing and I was like hey. oh, we, we do gotta say we can't curse oh sorry no, that's okay <laughs> but we got beef with the FCC though, so, so we got it out the we way early we just spoke about this in the car we did have the conversation <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool oh so you set her up for that one David <laughs> we, we talked about it but we, you know we just no, got okay. to flow the car uh, it's just part of my vocabulary no, so, I, it, no it's real <laughs> trust me I struggle every week um <laughs> So I don't even mean to do this, but when we're talking about the pack or the wolf pack, we we are talking about his holiness, right? Like base guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You 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 knew base guy like so, back base before guy. he was God, right? Yeah, man. He would come and play video games in my house. What game? Man, the only game I had was Grand Theft Auto. So were you better at, at base guy than at, at Grand Theft Auto? I wasn't even really playing it back then. I kind of uh, just had it just to have it, and just in case he wanted to come over. Yeah, just yeah, well, yeah. people would come over to my house, and I played it every now and then. But I didn't like take it that serious. So to I, I, we're gonna get off. I know this. It might even be annoying. Like we're gonna get off him in a second. But like <laughs> before he like, can you explain to people like his his personhood? Like before he, before he became this character, right? Like this idea. What what is just like the person? I mean, like? I think personally and honestly, I think that's him. Word. Like that is him. He's a really cool dude. Like he's just that is remarkable. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, like if anything, he just you know learned a lot. And like I know he was hanging out with that dude who mentored Bob Marley, 
And uh, so that's how he kind of got on some like more positive vibration shit. Or sorry, stuff. Ooh, um, all right. We're three for three so far. This is good. This and is good. Um, I, I changed it to stuff though at the yeah, last yeah, minute. Yeah, I got it. Um, it was good. Getting there. Yeah. So, and from there, you know, he just kind of gave the people what they wanted, but then also gave them what they needed on the back end. Ooh. And so a lot of, I know he changed a lot of people and saved a lot of people's lives. So let's uh let's backtrack before Lil B even. <laughs> um, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Austin, Texas, and we like was on the road a lot with my parents. They were in a reggae band, and so what um, was the name of the band? Uh, there were several names. It was Dog on Serious was one of the names. I have that tatted on my my body, <laughs> and then um, she had another one called Tachia Ahmet and the Lighthouse Band, and she still makes music. She's out there. You can look her up, Tachia Ahmet. What's up, mom? You got, you got like and, records? In a, yeah, she's in got three. Place. We did, um, one of them was in Brazil and the other ones were done in Texas. Very cool. Yeah. So you were, you said you were born in Austin? Did Austin. You in? And, uh, then they started touring a lot in California and some lady was like, yo, you have to live in California. And she just gave us this house on an Indian reservation. So my dad was like, oh, moving to California. <laughs> and we moved to an Indian reservation. And uh, I lived there till I was maybe 16. And that's when I moved to Berkeley to start going to culinary school. So- I would like to kind of like delve into that a little bit because I always love talking to you and like kind of learning about you because like you've had like the most unique experiences of anybody I ever you met. You said that like that was like a thing that people <laughs> often do. Uh, yeah. Right. So like, I, you know, from, from even before you got to the, like just from your birth to date, right? Like you, I think the word might be like non-traditional, right? Or like non-normative. Like Yeah, I was definitely upbringing. born at home. Like, you know, like, to, like to, even to that, like, yeah. right? Like, didn't you have a trouble like getting a passport? Because like you weren't born in a yeah, hospital. Yeah, I wasn't like born in a hospital. And so there was like no proof of me for real besides like my social security card. Do you card exist, my life. I, That is our, our I was our born outside question. the matrix. So de- <laughs> technically. This is actually just Damon's gotten really good at doing voices. <laughs> and we couldn't get a guest this week. So he invented this character. It's pretty good. <laughs> So where do you think, I mean, was that kind of how your parents both came up to? Like, No, my mom actually uh, was born and raised here in Chicago. And that's one of the reasons what brought me here. I came here to take care of my grandmother mm-hmm. and to be a part of them people, of course. And um, then my dad was raised in Laredo, Laredo, Texas, which is like on the border of Mexico and Texas. So how did you end up on this reservation? In California, you mentioned like someone just gave you a house. Yeah, this lady just liked my parents' music and said that we had to live, we had to be in California, mm-hmm. and so she just gave us this house and we lived there for free until we got on our feet. Is anyone in your family an American Indian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both my parents are Cherokee mm-hmm. and my mom is Cherokee and Blackfoot. Wow. So was that uh, as a like piece of who you were identity wise? Was not at all. It's not even our before? reservation. Like yeah, it's it's, 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 uh, it's actually really cool. It's um. I'm not going to say what the name is just because it's a very mysterious secret place. It's kind of like Brigadoon, so it's like you got to be invited to come up there. You can't just like show up. So, so uh, but it's basically it's a tribe of people out in the mountains of Northern California and back in the day, I don't remember the original tribe that was there. I should probably go ask my homie. But like the settlers just kind of came and slaughtered a whole bunch of people and made 13 tribes live together on this one reservation. And so the actual Indian reservation where all the Indians live was the murdering grounds of where they used to kill their ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so there's just like a lot of creepy stuff that goes on there. And all the families, if not, are like 
completely in love with each other want to kill each other. And so it's like, your grandfather did this and da 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 da. And it's like, man, so it's getting It goes way back. Yeah, it goes way back. But it's a really cool little town. It's beautiful. Mm. Uh, what are a couple kind of personal landmarks for you there? Like spots, secret spots, places that you always like went when you needed to feel Ooh, a little... skate park. No, the, the... What's the skate park look like? Man, a piece of poop. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It was the worst skate park, but it was fun. Do you skate? I don't skate, but I've always been around skaters, and skaters are just amazing. So, like, I don't want to make you, like, the representative of, like, people living on uh, uh, <laughs> Native reservations, but I think there's just such a disconnect from mm -hmm. the indigenous people on this continent and, you know, what they've gone through and what they continue to go through. Yeah. Um, so just, is there, is there any, like, misconceptions or that people generally have uh, about that lifestyle. That at least your experience doesn't, like not right. to speak for everyone, but like for you, you're like, right. oh, people keep assuming this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know if anyone, if anything, any, everyone's just curious. So it's kind of crazy to me that there aren't really any stories or mm. movies or anything about what really happens on the reservation that people know about. So when I say I grew up on an Indian reservation, people are like, oh my gosh, right. what was it like? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. You mean literally the question that we just asked you? Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, I don't know. Like it was like living in the hood for real, but mm. in the mountains, like we used to go out and try to steal cars and like get drunk and steal bottles and like yeah. <laughs> stay out really late and piss our parents off. You know, like, usual kid stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. but we were just in the mountains so we could like go and pick a pear or like eat grapes whenever we wanted. That was really cool. There was fruit everywhere and animals. There's buffalo and horses. And wow. And we could just like wake up and be like, oh, we're all going to go to the river and just hop in the back of a truck and we all go to the river for the day and like hang out. So, so like that type of, of I don't know. Freedom, for for lack of a better word, like that you yeah. grew up with. How how do you feel that is like traced in your in your art, right? Either your music or your or your paintings. Do do you feel a connection to that like experience or that history that you uh, your personal history that like comes out that may distinguish you from a little artists? bit? If anything, it makes me feel disconnected from everybody else, and it kind of makes me feel a little like. Oh, sorry. I don't know how to spell that word, <laughs> like, or like. Right, because you kind of had a culture shock. Yeah. With, so, right? and I didn't that even go to go school. Through. I was like homeschooled my whole life until I went to culinary school. So, really, only thing I could explain to you was like how to make a bechamel sauce. Like, I can show <laughs> Actually, you. Could you walk us through? <laughs> <laughs> well, first you start with some. <laughs> We're good. We have a whole kitchen set up in here, like on the talk oh, shows. Man, yeah, I in, got you in the library. Man. You got to work around the vinyl, we'll but do it, it all. Works. We'll, we'll do get it all. That's, I've got some Thai food right up my sleeve. So we'll come back. That must be really like uncomfortable up there. Like Pad Thai, like right by the elbow. That's no good. Uh, we'll come back to kind of the the next steps in the journey and everything like that. But why don't we uh, why don't we hear a song? Word. Here is Spin Cycle. This recently oh, dropped. Oh, Mathian. I like this song a lot, and I it sounds Mathian. like you like this song too. I just love Mathian. That's my friend, man. <laughs> Shout out, mate. Shout out to Mate man. Here's Spin Cycle. You're listening to Ergo WHPK, ergoradio.com. Hearing our place in the light of day, I'm allowed to say no. I'm swinging around town, fumbling around, trying just to find you. It feels like the earth is turning just for us right now. It feels like the earth is turning just for us right now. 
astronauts are smarter Leave the earth to marvel Everything is smarter if we travel farther You can make a mother We can make a daughter We can make a different You just made it different You hear me? You make it different They say me feeling But you take away the sickness Plates are shifting Dinner fixing Intermission Here we are as bad as we were on the first day As scared as we was on the first day It could be magic if we conjured it Pondered it Palms are itching Dollars cling to it You're as good as money Just as bad as you want to be Perfect for the mind No pun intended I'll stop the world And let it melt the truth Be my lover Structure Be my lover Via Rosa featuring Mathian and the homie The Mind with Spin Cycle. You're listening to 88.5 WHBK. This is Ergo Radio. And we have the amazing Via Rosa here with us right now. Yo, um, yo, yo. And I guess, we, you know, we, what we were kind of just talking about, we'll, we'll talk to the people about, um, like, process. I, th- I think that's um, something I, I like to, to learn about from the artists that, we, that we're talking to. Um, and so let's just talk about your process a little bit of like how you create, especially on the music side, um, and and how it's so free flowing and like so social, so to speak. Like you know, just the whole homies rolling through. Like how, yeah. how is that environment? How are you able to like have um, those dynamics? Actually, uh, luckily, haven't been having that problem that much because you know what, when what, I, what, what problem? The pro- people just rolling through. Oh, because yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's a lot of fun actually. Um, I lived in that environment for a while with the guys, and um, you know, after a while, you kind of just want your space a little bit. You need your space, and I didn't start off making music like that. I started off by myself, like in my room. I made music because I had to. I didn't have anything else to do, so. What 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 else were you not doing? Um, like, well, like I wasn't like robbing cars and stuff. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so you That's know, probably good. but yeah. yeah, so I got in trouble, and so I was grounded and had to stay home. So I started making music, and that's how I started doing it. And so like, I actually prefer to make music like by myself in an empty room with just me and like a bottle and a little bit of herbs, maybe. Mm. <laughs> but um, the the social thing of it is just it makes it more magical, and it. It's just an energy thing. Like, if the right person walks through that door and the energy is right, like, I've made some really good songs with people just on the spur of the moment. Mm. So let's let's take it back. We were kind of in the second stages of the of the biography, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you mentioned that you ended up going to culinary school. What was the next stop when you left the reservation, and why did you decide to leave? Uh, I left because, like I said before, I had gotten in some trouble and my parents were just kind of like, you know, I wasn't in school or anything. So I was just kind of running around and doing whatever I wanted. Um, I got to learn about whatever I wanted to learn about. So I was learning about horses at the time and just researching anything that inspired me. And my dad noticed that I really liked to cook. And he was just like, yo, if you want to do this, we could do this. But do you really want to do this? And I was just like, I don't know. I'm 16. <laughs> but uh, they moved me to Berkeley, and he enrolled me in this, like, natural, holistic culinary school. So that model of, like, if you want to do this, we can do this, and then you going, I'm a child. Like, how do, <laughs> now do you feel like, looking back, it worked really, really well for you? Or do you feel like maybe you could have used a little more structure? Basically, like, did that mentality end up working for you? I think it worked for me, to be honest. Um, sometimes I know my mom is a little worried that she, like, 
kind of raised me a little too off the grid. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're never going to get like a real job and be happy there. And you'll never have structure. And I'm like, I don't want any of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's cool. Um, and I'm a little more like open-minded to situations. Yeah. I mean, I was, I've was i been thinking about this a lot, like the balance of flexibility with stability. Yeah. And how sometimes it feels like you have to choose one over the other, you yeah. know? And it seems like you are super comfortable with the flexibility. Yeah. Um, um, I'm getting used, getting a little more used to it because I've always been one to like always be at least making money at least to like my, because my dad always taught me like, it's okay to spend money just as long as you know you're going to make it back. Like just a constant flow. And I was just telling Damon, I just quit my job. Like, cause I've been working in restaurants for 10 years and I quit my job. When'd you quit? Uh, I don't even remember. Like, a few, like well, very recently. Congratulations, first of all, for taking <laughs> yeah. that step. That step oh, yeah, of like that's courage. It was and over a month ago, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. So I've just been doing shows and selling artwork, and doing radio interviews and shooting music videos and traveling. traveling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even on the road. Going on I the road. That's went exciting. to Iowa. And Where in Iowa did you go? Iowa City. You went to the university, and it mm. was awesome. Yeah, that's a really weird cool. town. It is a really weird town. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> it was. I liked it a lot, but then there were some points where I was just like, "What in the world yeah, is yeah, happening?" Yeah. It's crazy out there. Yeah, yeah. we, you know, so we both. Some went things to were said. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Some terrible the, things. Heard some done. things. Just walking down the street, and I would just hear conversations like, "Oh wow." Yeah, we both went to school out of Iowa, so oh, we are wow. like almost resident experts yeah. on the weird. But there's some so, there's people there, the people that I got to hang out with, and like, they can be sweet. They were so nice. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling it, man. But, but, uh, shout out to Iowa City. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Iowa. I guess. Damon's seeing through the through the blinders. Here. I'm He's having like post traumatic stress of like. <laughs> we need to get him. A service dog, yeah, somebody bring a I, puppy. I, I did not think we was gonna go there today, but <laughs> a puppy. <laughs> but uh, I think I think we need to like not rush past the the being a chef thing. Like that's yeah. kind of like you be chefing. Like that's that's your that's actual been my passion thing. since I was nine years old. Yeah, like, that's how I initially heard of you. Yeah, honestly. really. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually preferred it at first. People didn't even know that I made music. They just would come up to me and be like, "Hey, cook for me." Right? Didn't, like, isn't that kind of how you got in the studios a little bit? Yeah, like, actually, I started. For people? I was their personal chef. Like, I wouldn't call it that, but I would just show up and they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm hungry," and I'm like, "All right, I got you." And I, would, <laughs> I would make them sandwiches and like I think the first oh. night, the <laughs> with that culinary arts degree, you was yeah. making sandwiches. Sandwiches. But, Fam, no, the first night that I got there though, sandwiches, <laughs> the first night I got there uh, they asked me to cook and all they had was pork chops and apples and they were just like man we don't got nothing we don't have anything and I was like no you definitely do and so I made applesauce from scratch and I fried some pork chops up and I made that and they were just blown away pork so since then as I, was, I would have been as well that sounds delicious <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. applesauce. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, and I'm vegan so it was hard but right right mm, yeah how, how does that balance work do you try to Cook mostly vegan. Uh, I do, I do, and, and if and I love you, I'll make I'll make the meat. But <laughs> the eyes rolled so back, <laughs> far back in your head, right there. Yeah, like, so I want to go to that moment when you first show up in Chicago, though. So you have these internet friends, and you have your grandma who is sick. Is that what it was? You came to kind of yeah. right. So you came to kind of be a caretaker and mm. cook for her. Uh, was that a role that you felt comfortable with? Like, did you know what you were getting yourself into? I did, and I didn't. Um, like. 
I knew I was I came here to cook better food for her. But when I got here, she was just kind of like, oh, baby, I need you to go get me a Philly cheese steak sandwich. <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, OK, grandma. And I mean, what am I going to say? She's like a 75 year old woman. She knows what she wants. And I'm not paying rent. And she lets me use her car. And so like I would cook for her and she wouldn't eat it. And so she has to eat something. Right. But then she would get it. And then she'd be like, oh, I can't eat it. I'm sick. Were y'all staying in the building on Ellis? Yeah, yeah. We're staying in that building. Which um, is where, just what's the backstory behind um, that? Well, I'm the fifth generation to live in this apartment building. Wow. And um, my mom grew up in it. And there's actually a lady in there who has lived there for like 15 years. And uh, after my grandma passed away, there wasn't really any like transition because it kind of just happened. Because she owned it. Owned yeah, it, she right? owned it. And so then it went to my mom. And I've just been kind of managing it ever since. So on top of being a chef, making music, and making art, I've been managing this apartment building for the past like four and a half years. What's Via the Landlord like? She's too nice. Mm. No, she's too nice. <laughs> You're not kicking in doors. You're not putting no. stuff out on the street. No, I should. I want to. <laughs> I want to. I feel like, Damon, that's a role that you might have some fun with. Like, you know, in the right situation, I feel like you might take some joy in, like, yeah, taking, like, like pulling out of the street. Yeah, you're a mean <laughs> you're man. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. You're a mean mean. And then you'd give them another place to stay, but no. I feel like you're just. We're actually in the process. I would help them move if they had to move, but I would, like, come and take the. We've had a lot of squatters since I've gotten there. But right now, I think we're finally on the right track. And um, the idea is to turn it into a healing center because my mom's a healer. She does Mm. acutonics, which is like healing through sound. And um, Don't you you have another therapist living in the building too? uh, Yeah, there is a therapist on the third floor. So we're kind of turning it into a healing center for people who just like need a place to come and just be healed in the hood. So, mm. like, a place for women, like, say you just had a kid and you don't really know where to go, there would be a place where you could come, like, rent a room for a little while, and your only thing you would have to do is, like, get a food stamp. Oh, like, that's beautiful. To, like, help. That's out. beautiful. Uh, I brought that up because aren't, isn't there, like, aren't there some There's something some going on and you, and you need support? Crazy you, you stuff going help? on. We started a GoFundMe for it, but, like, we don't really know how to run a GoFundMe since we're, me and my mom are so busy. But it's working. We've got maybe like $500 saved up. But we're behind on taxes right now because there was some crazy stuff with the paperwork when we got it switched over into my mom's name. And um, we are just raising money to pay the taxes off so we don't lose the building. What did you say the name of what she does is? It's called Accutonics. Hmm. So it's, um, it's like acupuncture, but instead of needles, she uses tuning forks. Hmm. And so she can align the energy in your body to like you know, the energy that was happening when you were born or like she can just align you to different planets to just kind of mm. chill you out. First of all, that's amazing. Second of all, like as a musician, how do you think about that? I think it's awesome. I mean, when I was younger, I used to have really bad cramps, TMI. And, uh, no, that's just <laughs> enough information. And, and, or more, you can yeah, get more. Yeah, more, more so uh, she would actually, I had um, my own like acutonic therapist and I would go there the minute that I would feel any type of pain and she would just work on me for hours and I would like fall asleep. Does that affect like having such a different relationship to sound? Like, are you intentional about the sounds you use or is that giving you any insight on how to use sound musically? Not really, no. She hasn't been doing it that long. Okay, So, so I didn't like grow up with tuning trait. forks in my house. <laughs> um, but I did grow up around sounds and music, so. What was your family? You said they were in a reggae band, but what... Yeah. Um, what kind of music were you hearing around growing up? 
Uh, this is the least like, linear interview we've ever done. Like, <laughs> we are jumping all over the place. Uh, we listen to, like, you know, Fela and, like, old Gregory Isaac and, like, Burning Spear. My mom listened to a lot of Sade and, like, Patrice Russian, I think that's her name. I was listening to an interview yesterday with Chris Rock, and he said um, every single time he plays London, he invites Sade, and she never comes. <laughs> Is she British? Uh, she lives out there. I don't yeah. know where she's from, but I just thought that was hilarious. Dang. I just love the idea of Chris Rock like sending like a personal like letter. Right, please come to my show, Sade. <laughs> I love you. It's like over twenty five years at this point. She's probably not going to show up, man. That's yeah. Yeah. I love uh, the, the I've heard and I understand the Sade comparison to your mm, sound. Yes. Does that bother you? Does that? It does that not pressure? bother me. It's pressure. It? It's very much pressure because I, I, I. Can understand why someone would say that I sound like her, but I don't really feel like I do. She's so smooth, and I feel like a little raspy child. Mm. <laughs> but um, I can see why people would say that. And I, I think it's less like the vocals and more like the just the the feeling. The feel, yeah, yeah. No, I can feel it. I mean, I grew and up listening to her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what. Hey, you like when you pull your hair back and wear red lipstick? <laughs> like you all look alike. <laughs> no. Um, I grew up listening to her for real. Like, if there's anybody that I really remember hearing around the house, it's Sade. Like, mm. waking up at three o'clock in the morning and being like, Mom, what are you doing? And she's in the kitchen dancing to Sade. So then I just start dancing and, like, we're all just dancing to Sade in the house. And so you were a very exhausted family, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I guess so. <laughs> so back to that moment where you show up in Chicago. <laughs> I just, I, we, we got a time back is to not a flat chops. circle. We got to stay focused. Yeah, here. yeah. Oh, is that a true detective? Yeah, yeah. Respect. I threw that in there. Respect. <laughs> season one. Season two is hot. I got through 45 minutes of season two and then I bailed. Anyway, that's really not the point. <laughs> the point is, so you show up in Chicago, you know these folks. Did you feel like comfortable stepping into oh, yeah. that community there? Oh, yeah. Listen, that's my family. Like You felt comfortable in like a musical role, in a community role? Friendship. Like, I mean, kind of everything. The music didn't happen until maybe a few years later. Mm. Like I was working with Sean when I first moved there. I was working with him like on production and writing songs, but I was still mostly just cooking. And mm. then it wasn't until, um, my goodness, I don't know, maybe I was 23. So 2013 is when, 2012 or somewhere around there, um, I like made a song or something and they were just like, all right, now it's time that you like do an album. You need to, you need to yeah. get in the studio. And so they gave me one day out of the week for like three years. It's I, amazing. I got every Monday's at five o'clock. Does <laughs> it feel odd when you're the person cooking? Like I'm, so I'm thinking about that moment where they're like, make us something. <laughs> no, I love to cook yeah. and nice. I love them. So it's like cooking for my family. So. I just imagine like, like hanging out. <laughs> I'm not Cinderella. No, no. It's, All I mean, <laughs> right. Cindy 99. What's up? Um, no, I love to cook and I love to cook for my friends. And it was kind of an honor just to be invited mm. there. Like not too many people get invited over to the crib. Like if yeah. that makes any sense, like you don't just, get to come and hang out with them for 24 hours. And so as like a 19, 20 year old hanging out with these like amazing guys who are already in like this music scene in Chicago and are like starting this culture, it was just like, dang, I can't believe I'm even here right now. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, 
it was like, I'm a part of this. Like, I'm in it and we're family. We've been family for lifetimes, I feel like, for real. It is one of those strange things as a transplant, right? Especially when you have someone who kind of opens doors for you. You know, I'm not from here either. Yeah. So you have someone who kind of opens doors and then all of a sudden you're like, is this... You're kind of amazed that you found your way yeah. in, in a way that doesn't feel awkward or yeah. like exploitative. Yeah, it yeah. was just Are natural. Are you talking about me or Kevin Koval? Because <laughs> that sounded very personal. Talking about a community. Because uh, yeah, you said a person opens doors. I was wondering if you were about to get some love. Okay, no, but Damon. <laughs> nothing but love for Damon. <laughs> Williams, Damon Alexander. We didn't do middle names We didn't today. do middle names today. So yeah. we, we switched it up. Uh, Are we, we but, doing middle names? Yeah, let's get your full full. Well, I wouldn't say government, right? Because you're not like, I wouldn't call it your government name, but like your full birth name. Full birth name. <coughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, that's going to sound really good on the recording. No, that's going to sound really good. Um, well, I was named Yuvia Rosa Vela. So beautiful. That's, that's my beautiful. real name. But everyone said that Yuvia was too long. So one day I was just walking down the street and they were like, Via! I was like, who? Who the who are they calling? <laughs> and I found out that was me. And so that's been my name ever since. And Via Rosa just kind of happened. Right. And right. my grandma's name is Rosa. So it's kind of like I'm by way of Rosa, who's my grandma. That's that. Oh. Ooh, ooh. Bars. <laughs> We've had a lot of people on whose like actual name is a bar. Uh, but back to that moment, because like from, from what I've heard and you telling the story before and, and you retelling it now of like, oh, let's make this album. Before that, you had just been on the production and writing side. So was that like a... a, a a difficult leap of faith to like get into the vocals and, and the, the, the forefront of it, um, um, or had you always had comfort with your voice and singing? No, I've I've never really had that much comfort in my voice. Maybe until I started, um, you know, Ben Hickson and Nico Segal really helped me with my voice. Honestly, like they kind of um, the guys let me do whatever I wanted. And they would just be like, yeah, that's great. Like, just keep doing it. Just keep going. Keep going. Do this. Do whatever you want. Like, they let me do whatever I wanted for like two or three years. <laughs> and um, Nico and Ben at one point were just like, you can sing louder. Uh, um, it's Donnie Trump. Do <laughs> Donnie Trump. Sorry. <laughs> so Donnie <clears throat> was like, you can sing louder. And Ben was just like, you can sing louder. And so I started like experimenting and realizing that people wanted to hear like more of my actual voice and not just be like kind of whispering and yeah you were like you were like very it was it was like cute but you were like very shy yeah I was I'm really stuff. shy like, I remember the first time you came to wordplay and was yeah like, like you have all of this talent that you like <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah it's cool so, <laughs> it's but, endearing actually. yeah it was it was it was cool though it's been a fun process I mean I'm still I feel like I'm still learning my voice. Like there are things that I still am like, oh, did I just do that? Cause... You pull an Urkel from time to time is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh did man. I do that? Oh you're y'all are fire. <laughs> I had to make up for the Oprah I took last week. Uh, On that note, why don't we uh hear another song featuring uh Ergo alum John Doe. Hey Here is Magician. Medicine Woman, what's up? It's the homies. Ergo. Something in the way that you walk away from me I love you It makes me want you even more When you fall in love with someone else Can I touch it? But now that it's not Thank you. 
is not this every houdini one and jelly in his cockpit i live inside your wooden box and every block's kiss david blaine with the cock fist you hold her hands on instagram while searching in her eyes for me and that a plot twist we're back on 88.5 whpk this is ergo radio we got via rose in the house and that was magician with Via featuring the homie John Doe. Uh, I was listening to your stuff on the way to like scooping you today. Um, and something I've always like known, right, when hearing you, is that you have a way of like talking about love and beauty in a way that's like very simple and, and can also be separate or distinct from like love and like the romance sense, even though you have romantic songs. Um, and so there's just like a, a overwhelming like connection to the beauty of life uh or a desire for that beauty at least in your music it feels like um so where do you like in your personal days find beauty or feel loved Mm. (laughs) i'm dropping them oh whoa (laughs) we try to ask questions that the person cannot answer is Mm. is the is the goal wow that's a good one um, it's a terrible goal for radio. <laughs> Whew. Well, you know, I have been learning a lot about myself since I quit my job because, you know, I don't really have mm-hmm. anything else to do but think at my house <laughs> by myself. Uh, but, um, you know, 
I feel like I've always had this obsession with writing about, you know, like you said, love and beauty because of, like someone actually just told me recently, it was it was a very good observation that I kind of am just like looking for someone to fall in love with. And I have a problem of like, you know, if you show love to me, I'm going to give that love back times 10. Mm. And like sometimes I won't even realize. You And you do view that as a problem? I think it's a problem because sometimes I won't really mean it. Mm. And it'll just like kind of happen but the stakes get raised because yeah. you're putting so much in yeah and then like you know some time goes by and then i'm just kind of like mm. what's going what are we doing here yeah. Yeah. yeah and but you know um i think that right now i'm just trying to you know kind of focus on myself a little more mm. and um be open and not take things so serious, but know that things could still be serious. Yeah. But like not have so much expectations. I don't really know how to explain no, it. No, I hear you. And it's an interesting <laughs> time. You know, you're talking about this transition moment yeah. after the job. Uh, and yeah, all of a sudden you have this time to try yeah. to make sense of the world. Yeah. And you're kind of in stasis for a minute. Yeah, it feels good though. I mean, if anything, I'm, you know, just like trying to figure it all out mm. and yeah. it doesn't make sense all the time but you know I just gotta write it down I've been writing a lot of stuff down more yeah than, like in my little journal yeah isn't that like people have been telling me my whole life like yeah. to, to write things down I just yeah. started really consistently doing it and it's, right. it's I, life changing cause I always thought write like, stuff down people right <laughs> even if you think that nobody wants to hear it just write it down like cause sometimes you'll go back like there are things where I'll start to write and I'm like nah I don't wanna write that and I'll write it anyway and then like a week later, I'll go back and look at my mm. book and be like, man, I'm so glad I wrote that down. Right. Like, that's crazy that I even felt like that at one point. So what are the, other than writing, what are the other routines that for you kind of create some structure? Like, is basically, is cooking a structure for you? Oh, uh, when I can afford to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> um, so real. <laughs> yeah. uh, it depends. Sad. Right now, I've been like hood cooking. So I like go to the corner store and buy whatever vegetables I can get and throw some top ramen in it. Yeah. <laughs> or just eat potatoes. Like, I love potatoes. So if anybody's out there want to buy me a bag of potatoes, <laughs> that's cool. It's cuffing season out here, you know it, what I'm saying? Send it to the radio station. Get booed up with a bag of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but who were? So the transition. So we talked about the love and the beautiful and the blah, blah, blah. But now it's time to get a little gully here because you know ergo radio it it gets real in these streets um and and, and ain't no lacking here on ergo um and we're apparently not and we're about that beef we're about Uh, that beef and so every week we we we, we, we're we're making a change oh we're making a change because like (laughs) we're about that tofurkey here we feel like there's been there's been too much competition in like hip-hop right and i feel like these are r&b genre as a whole has like been impervious to scrutiny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like <laughs> so R&B does need beef. So every week we put people on the spot. You got to start beef with an R&B singer. You know, I had R. Kelly, we uh John had Christina Milian, we've had uh John had Christina. Yeah. We have uh Billy Vanilli, we, you know, Kim and Raheem Devon has been mentioned. I don't know. Kirk you, Franklin. I feel like I don't really even really listen to that much R&B to be honest. I wasn't allowed to listen to it when I was younger. But there are some, like, I have my favorite artists. Time out. What do you mean you weren't allowed to listen to it? What else were you not allowed to listen to? I wasn't allowed to listen to anything. Like, Uh-oh. no radio. I Why not? My parents just weren't going. 
Like they, I listened to what they listened you had to. to. Listen to their album. I listened to like, <laughs> I listened to like to Motown tape. radio and like, and maybe when I was basically, you had to be a member of their street team. Yeah. <laughs> I would consider but, a Motown R and B though. We could yeah, take it. We could yeah, take it. Yeah, there was some, but I mean, I'm talking like genuine right. and like <laughs> yeah. Aaliyah. I wasn't listening to any of that when it was coming out. I heard it when I got older. When I was like eight or nine, I was able to buy records and I was listening to like alternative rock. So that's why I did that. Bodies cover because I listened to heavy metal when I was like seven and eight. That's what I like. I liked we- Weezer and Some Forty One. Good this is Charlotte. getting positive though. You're talking about the things that you like. <laughs> Got to put the spin. No, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay, there. Right. So I was I was gonna say I wasn't really allowed to listen to that stuff. Controversy. So there are some people that I do listen to. But if I had to pick one person that I really don't like, it would have to be Trey Songs. Yeah, I've been waiting for somebody what? to go to Trey Songs. I'll Song. kick him out the bed. <laughs> Yo, side of the bed. I'll kick he's, you out the bed. He's a goofy, man. No, he's, he's a been, goofy. He's been like really corny for a while I don't now. Know. He and he's, has a lot of talent, so he's still yeah. dope. Why are you going to Trey Songs? I just don't really like his True. music that much. Yeah. Like, yeah. I understand it's sexy time music, but I don't really want to have sexy time to that. <laughs> yeah, it's that's it's the weird. fun that's the funny thing about people who make sexy time music. It's like you know. That what they want is you to be thinking about them while you're having a sexy right. time. Um, like um, I, yeah, the fact that Trey Songz is entering into that room is not even right. a uh, part of the equation. So, I want. It's so narcissistic when you think about it. Like, do you just like I am your ultimate fantasy? Like, I am your ultimate <laughs> fantasy. You're like, nah, bro, you no. are corny. You know? no. So I, I appreciate you calling out Trey. I've been waiting <laughs> for that. I don't know why it took yeah. so long for somebody to go to Trey. I don't know. Songs. That's really the only one that can. Illuminati think of. is why. Illuminati. <laughs> you got the plug. Yeah. Okay, Wait. so we're going to Trey songs. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um. So you, you you were like discovering all that music a little bit later. Like what? In terms of how you make stuff do you wish you'd found earlier? Or like, are there certain sounds that you like now are like, oh, I got to carry these with me into the music I make? Mm, yeah. That's a fancy way of asking what are your influences? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, like writing wise, alternative rock music, like Weezer and, um, you know, like Sum 41 and Good Charlotte were like pop bands back in the day for real. So I wouldn't say like writing or musically, but they were just what I like to listen to. But um, right now, I would probably say like Fela and Pink Floyd mm, true. and like um, Miriam Makeba and lots yeah. of Sade. Um, I like old punk music. I couldn't name you anything. I just like to listen to it. <laughs> so I, I was trying to think of a segue and I didn't. So I'm just going to ask the question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the first time I came to your crib, like I saw all of these canvases of like these very surreal, <laughs> but very like fun and almost like youthful pictures and paintings that you do. Right? Yeah. Like, I, was, I used to want to be a cartoonist. Yeah. And it, I was like blown away. Um, so when did, when did that start? Like when did that creative process become something that you like? began to really I've always been drawing and making things like since I was younger even the fact that I make earrings now is not new like I used to sell jewelry at my mom's shows when I was a kid where can folks get that jewelry um, <laughs> that's how you do a segue. Oh, that's how you do it? Watch, okay, okay. Well, um, Saturday at 7.30 hey, at the Silver Room. What? We <laughs> go. We, we, we go. It's going to have a show, and I'll be selling some artwork and some earrings there. So but, we're um, just giving you more and more reasons to come rock with us. You yeah, can, come out, man. It's going to be fun. Even if you don't like us, if, <laughs> but if you need beautiful earrings, now you have a very yes, good reason. Yes, now you can get them. You can bring the earplugs. And they're only $7 or two for 10 Oh, my goodness. But wait, is there more? Yeah. No, that's, no, that's, no that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have tamales. Uh, are you serious? Uh, oh my gosh. 
Maybe. I just you have really to show excited. up and find out. <laughs> oh, I'm, I am excited. I am excited. I was hoping that that would be. So in short, come through Saturday at the Silver Room. Anyway. Definitely. Before we get out of here, we still got a few minutes. You yeah. want to take it all the way back? Yeah, yeah. We got to do it. We got to do it. So you played our first little game. Now, this one is like an ergo standard right here. Oh, okay. Right? So this, this is our fun Uh time of the of the hour Uh-oh. um so you know our whole tagline is like strong young voices right like it's very youth centered so we feel like we should be like giving something to the kids right like we we try to teach people about our history right you like a quote or a motivational nope, nope. speech you, you, you're gonna get what's happening so we got this segment <laughs> called I'm, I'm a motivational speaker i live in a van <laughs> sorry we got, Chris we got uh <laughs> we got this game called let me school you young Okay. And what it is is like we play an old school track and we don't tell you who it is or what the name of it is, right? So it can go either one of two ways. You can oh. know what you can recognize it and school the youngins, okay. or you cannot know what it is and then you can be the youngin that also got schooled with Dee. all of our fans listening at home and in their cars Dee. and on the the SoundCloud and on the the, the podcast, right? Okay. Uh, with all our people. So this is an exciting one, right? Because this is only second time we've been in the 90s. We usually go back, back to the 60s and 70s. Okay, with some I'm from stuff. the 90s, so you know I, I'm, I'm, I might be safe. And this is, this, you are like a trailblazer. Man, 1990, because, what's up? Because this is the first hip-hop song okay. to be Ooh. featured on Let Me School You Young. Well, like so I said, I wasn't that. allowed to listen to any of that until I got older, so there's still a lot of songs I don't know. All right, well, let's see. Let's see. So we're going to, I believe this is 1991. Ooh. I was one. That's not fair. But it's been around since. You've okay. had plenty of opportunities. Okay. To hear it. They, didn't, they didn't pull the vinyl <laughs> off the shelves. They still it play it today. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let me school you, youngin. You, you, you're, you're on the hot seat, dude. One of the best lines in history of hip hop: "Don't punch girls and don't punch a clock." I'm definitely biting that line or sampling that line. Something with that, but 
I'm gonna admit, all right, y'all. I'm not. I'm not too happy about this because Dan kind of cheated uh, and gave her some help behind the scenes. She's so but, nice. I didn't but to lose. we're gonna we're gonna give you a chance uh, to 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 take your guess, and if you get it right, artist and song name, uh, you qualify. You you are entered to win uh, a lifetime supply of, of Whoopi Goldberg's hair gel. <laughs> Okay, for a minute I was excited that I was actually going to win something cool, and I felt <laughs> yeah, pressure to answer qualified. the question right. But now I really don't care. <laughs> so, look, what, what not everything's about cool. Some things are just functional. You uh, know, <laughs> you don't want you don't want your hair looking like what? I would love to see what Whoopi. She's been maintaining for about twenty five years strong with her locks. So uh, something's got to be going. When I was on younger, there. I had dreadlocks, and all the kids on the block used to be like, "Hey, Whoopi, like, come <laughs> on, man." She's maintaining her. I like, knew that. That was, that was my journalistic backstory. <laughs> like I did the research and I found that out oh to mess with God. you. So, so what you got? Let me school you. <laughs> you were hilarious. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I know that song like the back of my hand, and it definitely is so nostalgic. But I don't know who it's by. Of course, he helped me, and he said like that it was in the hook. So I guess Black Sheep. It is Black Sheep. But, it is Black Sheep. Um. I, I don't know who it's by. I probably named all the names of the yeah. people who are from the same You did the community. whole gold go era right. list. It's Black Sheep, and the song is not called This or That, as many people think. It's called The Choice is Yours. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so, so now you know. You've been schooled. Right. Whoopi is going to keep her hair gel for <laughs> at least one more week. She can have that hair gel. <laughs> right. And so, she can have the view. So, so True, true. So now it's time for really, really what we're all about. It's, this is what, what makes Ergo special. So at the end of every show, as you may know, we have a live on Ergo performance by our strong young voice. Via, what are you uh, going to be performing for us this afternoon? Um, I'm going to do a cover, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Very cool. I like that. It's produced by Sonny. He did the Cinderella 99. Where I'm liking... I'm liking the mystery we got. Yeah. You don't know what the School Me song is. We don't know who this is. Yeah, so... Love. All right, well, it's all yours. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I started singing like, what? Well, some girls dream of many things. A long white gown and a diamond ring. And that sounds nice. For the price, and that sounds nice. For the price, and how much is my love gonna cost? You say, well, I'm gonna give it to you more than every day, and maybe even more than twice. Doesn't that sound? Cause love is free, love is anxious, love is the love of your life, breaking your heart and you forgave them. There's no price, there's no price. Cause love is free, love is anxious. Love is the love of your life Breaking your heart and you forgave them There's no price There's no price 
Man, thank you so much. No uh, that was beautiful. And thank, thank you so much for, for spending this hour with us. And it was yeah. it was really- Sorry, a- it wasn't the Amy Winehouse cover. I, I was going to do No Price because on the way here, I was doing that. And yeah. then I decided I was going to do the Amy Winehouse right, cover. Right. Well, I enjoyed it. So. <laughs> and we wouldn't have known otherwise. That was beautiful. <laughs> but uh, why don't, instead of me telling folks, why don't you tell folks where they should be Saturday night? Um, At the Silver Room. <laughs> yeah, I think right? so, right? Like that's the move. On, yeah. When someone goes like, what should we do tonight? What should we do Saturday? For the free. For yeah, the free. free. And Listen to some music. My sisters are going to be there. Raven, Lene, Jean Doe, you know. And a gang of other amazing people who have all been featured here on the show. Also, cop that We Go Volume 1 mixtape. It's on our SoundCloud. Also premiered over at Blavity Today. Blavity Today. Follow us on Twitter at Ergo Radio. Where can they stay uh, um, up on everything you're making? Um, I'm on SoundCloud and on the interwebs as Death Via Love. So you can just check me out. That's like death is in dying and then by way of love. So Ooh, bars. And so much good music. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you soon.